Hello, Rabbi Eli. L'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim. So we're in our third year of Project with the Sichas. And um, there was a new initiative to begin a, a new type podcast where each week we will have an interview with different shluchim, different people to fabreng about the sicha and see how the sicha relates to our lives on a more practical level. So let's jump into the sicha. Chelek tezayin sicha gimel yisrael. And there's a beautiful Maimer Azal that the Rebbe quotes in the beginning of the Sicha that this, through this Maimer Azal, this Maimer Azal expresses, expresses the wonder, the, the beautiful Chiddush of Matan Teira. So Rabbi Yasef Biyema the Atzarta, Rabbi Yasef on the day of Shavuos, Amar, he said, Advili Egla Tilsa. Omar Ilav Hayema the Kagarim Kama Yosef Ikebeshuka. Rabbi Yosef said, "For the day of Shavuos, prepare for me an egla." Omar he said, "If not for that day that influenced, how many Yosefs will there be in the marketplace?" So it's interesting how the Rebbe takes every word of this Maimar Azal and analyzes it and asks multiple questions, many questions on the wording of this Maimar Azal, literally does surgery to it and puts it back together and shows how every word in this Maimar Azal is accurate and perfect. So one of the questions that I've asked is why does it say Hayyoyma, the first question here, that day, what is that day? What's that day referring to? If it's referring to Matan Teda. And say Matan Teda. Right. Or Teda. Or Teda. And the Chiddush of Yasef was that he was learning Teda. So say, so say that learning Teda made Yasef who he is. Then the Rebbe says, and if it's Limdat Teda, then why, then why, then Yidin learned Teda before Matan Teda? So why does it say Hayyayma that day? Right. Later the Rebbe asks, you know, Gimel, the Rebbe asks <laughs> questions as well. What is, what is, what, what's the importance of mentioning the name Yasef? As well as what's the message of Bishuka in the marketplace? So if we can jump, if we can jump way ahead and all the way to the end of the sicha, no, it's safe on Vitchilasan. It's it's interesting, just noticing. The whole point of the sicha is, and we're gonna, we're gonna jump the gun here a little bit. The whole point of the sicha is that, that after Matan Teira, uh, we have the ability to, to impact the physical. So so how interesting is it that Rabbi Yosef, who, who as it turns out, I don't know whether Rabbi Yosef knew this. But when the Rebbe said the Sicha in Ganeid, the Rebbe Yosef learned this, that his big excitement was that he can change the, the, the physical world. That after Mount he can change the physical world. So what does he say? How should we celebrate this remarkable uh, fact? Get me a big Suda. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Bring me a fat meal. What's it? Bring me a fat meal. If you're celebrating, so say, bring me a svarim shafa full of svarim and leave me alone. And I'm going to learn Torah because he loved Hayoyim. So let's learn. No, he's all excited about Torah. And what does a man do who's all excited about the about Torah? He says, yeah, let's, let's, have an, let's have an amazing lunch. What's the lunch? Why, why are we bringing eggless? I know I'm jumping way ahead, but it's just it's it's interesting that 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 the one question that Rebbe doesn't ask is well, why are we bringing food into the picture? Right. But but, but the, based on the sicha, it makes perfect sense. He's celebrating the fact that you can turn gashmis into luchnis. Mm. So bring me a lot of gashmis, and I'm going to turn it into a lot of luchnis. Anyway. <clears throat> 
Sorry, I interrupted. No, that's great. Carry on. <laughs> so in Eis Dalet, the Rebbe begins the beer as to what is the meaning of this Maimar Azal. Yeah. So first of all, the Rebbe says, Elav um, Rabbi Yosef is trying to make it clear that he's not celebrating Torah because, because Torah happened before Matan Torah. He's celebrating the day where everything changed. Yeah. He's celebrating the day of Shavuos, Matan Torah, where everything changed because the Yidden before, before Matan Torah, they learned the Torah. The Yidden after Matan Torah, they learned the Torah. The Yidden before Matan Torah were Mekayim the Mitzvahs. And the Yidden after Matan Torah were Mekayim the Mitzvahs. But it's not that. He's, he's celebrating Hayoyma where everything changed because the Yidden suddenly became not volunteers to do the Mitzvah, but fulfilling a divine commandment, a divine uh, desire, which was given to them at Matan Torah, which empowers them in a whole different way that they're not stam just doing holy things with... Uh, with ordinary items, or or manipulating ordinary items to carry out godly mitzvahs, but they're actually now because they were commanded in the mitzvahs. Now they have Hashem's power, and they can actually transform a physical item into a a chetet mitzvah into a holy into a holy item by by doing a mitzvah. So the celebration is not just the fact that because we could learn the Torah. Because for that, you don't need shvuas. The Yidin were learning the Torah long before. The celebration is that once Hashem gave us the Torah, the high yoyma, the day of shvuas, that changed everything, we have an unbelievable koyach to change the world with the Torah and with the mitzvahs. Um, and then the Rebbe, the Rebbe also answered that the reason why he says, he uses this expression, if not for this day, how many Yosefs would be in the marketplace is uh, because he, the Rebbe says the word Yosef is, it means to increase. And he's celebrating the fact that our ability to increase Kedusha in the world, uh, if not for Matan Torah, it would have increased the Kedusha in the world, but it wouldn't have changed the world itself at all. The world would have remained like... Uh, like a marketplace, the world would have remained very unholy, very mundane, even though we were bringing kedusha in, we were importing it from Shamayim, but it wouldn't have changed the world. Now, with this day, now suddenly there's no more worry that we're, that the world is going to remain coarse while we bring holy holiness in from the Torah. We can make the world holy. So, in a certain sense, after Matan Torah, compared to before Matan Torah. The world, the physical world, Pasha changed. There was an existential transformation in the in the Dovergashmi of the world. In every single item, every single object, there was a complete, like we'll learn later in, in the Sikha, but it wasn't just that there was an there was the Matan Taita and and we received the Taita, but the world, the way the world is current currently constructed compared to before Mantera and after Mantera, the world completely changed. There's, there's actually a story, um, it's on Gem video, there's a story of Mrs. Blau, who was the vice president of Yavne in the early 60s. And I guess she met a few, a, a, sh- a shliach, who was working then on campus, and she was invited to come for Yechidus, her and another person who was invited to come to Yechidus by the Rebbe. She came to, to Yechidus, and the Rebbe was very interested to know the work that she's doing for campuses. And she also wanted to further Jewish observance and Jewish learning on campuses. So she was very happy to go meet the Rebbe. Her and her partner went to the Rebbe. The Rebbe asked a lot of questions. A lot of questions. How are you doing it? What are your methods? V'chulu v'chulu. After the Rebbe asked questions, he asked them, do you have any questions for me? So Mrs. Blau said, no, I don't have any questions. But, her, but the other person 
said, yeah, I actually have some questions. So he said that we know that, that you, Rebbe, you have many people who come to you for advice, medical advice, uh, advice in law, and you, know, and you know what to tell them and you give them answers. And he asked, how, how do you know medicine? How do you know law? Do you know more than the doctors know? And the Rebbe answered him by saying a marshal. The Rebbe said that if you take, how do you build a house? In order to build a house, you need plans. You need a blueprint. You need an architect to design the house. In the blueprints design, you have all sorts of designs. You have the uh, plumbing, you have the electricity, you have the, the, the framing. Now, who's able to read this blueprint? A contractor. So the contractor knows how to read the blueprint. He takes this blueprint to subs. He takes it to the plumber and he shows the plumber how to read the plans of the plumbing. So now, does the contractor know better? Does he know how to, how to do the plumbing better than the plumber? No. He knows how to read the design. And the Rebbe said the same thing is in Teira, the Abish there. And he looked in the Teira. He looked in the Teira and he created the world, which means that the Teira is the blueprint for everything. So I think this very much connects here about the conversation of Teira and the, the role of Teira in the world. Yeah, it's, uh, the Rebbe says later in the Sicha that one of the accomplishments, we'll get, we're going to get to it, is that, the, is that by Matan Teira, suddenly the world became um, automatically. Before a Yid does anything with the world, the world suddenly split up into things that are potentially Kedusha, things that are that are uh, forbidden by Torah and therefore have a certain have a certain unholiness about them already before God forbid a Jew sins with it. Just the fact that the Torah says it's forbidden already causes it to be unholy. So, so there definitely was an impact on the world itself by Matan Torah. The world changed, and uh, and of course the Yidden changed, and the and the ability of the Yidden also changed. Um, it's interesting that Rebbe says at one point in the Sicha that it's not just the ability to change an item into a chayfet shal mitzvah. This is, the, this is the, the usual thing that we always think about is that you could take a, a, a strands of wool and you can turn it into a mitzvah by turning it into tzitzis. In one point in the Sicha, the Rebbe says you can turn, you can turn something into a makem kodesh. Not just a chayfet shal kedusha, but you can turn something into a makim kadesh. That you can take a, a place and by using it for a mitzvah, suddenly it becomes a makim kadesh, which seems to imply that the whole idea of a base medrash, the whole idea of a base of, 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 a, of a holy place, didn't exist before Matan Teda. Even though, but even though the obvious, of course, they had they had a connection with it. Yaakov says, "Einzekim beiselikim, shara shamayim, etc., etc." But in the world's essence, there was no such thing as you learn Torah in a certain place, and then that becomes a base hamedrash. And of course, this is uh, this is purely speculative. But when we talk about the obvious learning Torah or the hidden before before uh, before matan Torah, learning Torah. The Rebbe quotes it in the first ice. Me mehen shalave seinu like parsha yeshiva mehem. Hoyu be mitzrayim yeshiva imahem. Avram Avinu yeshev be yeshiva. This 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 title yeshiva is a little different from base medrash. Basically, it could be it could be I'm barking up an empty tree, but the, the concept of a base medrash, a place that becomes a holy house because you learn Torah in it, is also something which was which was. Uh, Created through Matan Torah, where before Matan Torah the whole world was a shuk, because really that's the muscle that the Rebbe that the, that the uses. The whole world was a shuk, which is a very 
uh, very unholy, very un, un, uh, un not, not, not remarkable place. And then come Mantaira and suddenly it's not a shuk anymore, meaning that even space can be affected by Taira, by mitzvahs, not only items. Yeah. So the Rebbe speaks about the, the, how, how this is accomplished. The difference between waiting for the Ebishter to command it as, as the way it changed. The, the transformation specifically happens when the Ebishter commands it commands it or, or gives the taita and and commands it to the yidden to observe the taita but before the abishter commands it so then there is no there is no way there's no way to inherently change the physical if you could elaborate a little bit on that what happens when the abishter command makes a commandment and through the commandment there is the possibility to uplift Gashmias. Okay, so the Chayda, this is really the heart and soul of the Fabringen that, that anybody who learns the Sicha needs to Fabring with themselves. The Debe is, is extremely excited in this Sicha. And of course, we know this from this all over the place, from everything we've ever learned. This idea that you can change a physical item and make it holy, as opposed to the idea that you can do something holy, but it doesn't change the physical item to become holy. This is, so this is like something we've been learning since Besifta. It's a very, very uh, fundamental idea. But when you're learning the Sikha and you see how passionate the Rebbe is about this tremendous transformation, that by doing a mitzvah, you can change the world into becoming Kedusha, a, a person who's being honest with themselves has to ask themselves, what, so what? If the whole purpose of a mitzvah is to serve the Abishter, is, 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 is as, the, as the term mitzvah, then when are we saying that before Matan Torah, the Avis didn't connect with the Abishter when they did a mitzvah? In other words, what was the purpose of the Avis doing mitzvahs before Matan Torah and the Yidin doing mitzvahs before Matan Torah? Was it just practice? Was spring training? I mean, what was this? Obviously, there was Kedusha involved. There was tremendous Kedusha involved. They wanted to be close to the Abishter. They wanted to be, they wanted to be close to Hashem, so they weren't affecting the Gashmias. All right, but they were connecting with Abishter for sure. You can't say they weren't. So then, if they were connecting with Abishter before, so what is really the excitement that now? Guess what? Now you're not only connecting with the Abishter, but you're changing the world. So so what? That's more exciting than connecting with the Abishter. And now you can change the world. It's very interesting because I once had a student who came late, Yim Kippur, and he was my 10th man. And he walks in, he walks in, I, I wanted to have Kriya, you know, he walks in, Mamish. And I say, you know, um, just asking, you know, you know, how did you spend your morning? So he said, I was on a, a mountain. There's a mountain by us, 7,000 feet high. I was on top of the mountain and I was very much spiritually connected. I, I felt God and I fasted and I prayed in, in, the, in, in nature and I really felt the presence of Hashem. And the, the teaching of the Rebbe of the difference between before Mount and after Mount very much stuck out to me as I was listening because there is so many beautiful spiritual elements of serving the Ebishter that, that really brings a person very close to the Ebishter. In a certain way, the world that we live in, the physical world that we live in, lacks a certain spiritual awareness, a certain level of um, or infinity. So the, in a certain way, it's, it's the other way around. The Avis, in a certain way, had it right. And, and therefore, your question is, is, is even stronger. What, what is, what's the Rebbe's revolution, so to say? I mean, it's, it's obviously in Chassidus all over, but the Rebbe's revolution was this idea that there is a before Ma'antaira and there's an after Ma'antaira and there's a way of living before Ma'antaira and there's a way of living after Ma'antaira. 
Right. And like you're saying, the way of living before Mantaira, frankly speaking, was far more spiritual. Yeah. So the, so the whole the whole excitement of the Sikha is that now you can, with your mitzvah, you can change a, a physical thing to become a chayfet shal kedusha. So the chayra, the excitement is that, that the, the fact that we can change Hashem's world as opposed to simply connecting to Hashem means that in addition to connecting to Hashem, we are acting on Hashem's behalf. We're, we're, we are empowered by Hashem to do what He does. He created a world, and we are continuing that process. Like the, 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 the Rebbe says in Hayyim Yoyim, Hashem takes ayin and turns it into a yesh, creates something out of nothing, out of godliness, and, and we continue the process by taking that physical universe and using it according to the guidance of the Torah and turn it back into godliness. So before we were certainly the Aves and, and the Yidden before Matan Torah were enjoying a closeness to Kedusha and Hashem, but they were not partnering with Hashem. They were, so to speak, being mekabel. They were receiving the great, great, tremendous enjoyment and delight that exists. Uh, they were enjoying basically uh, they were enjoying Gan Eden while on earth, which is, which is what that kid on Yom Kippur was experiencing, a closeness to Hashem. But that's not a Jew. Closeness to Hashem is not a Yid. That's, that's not, according to the Rebbe, that's not the essence of Yiddishkeit. The essence of Yiddishkeit is that we and the Ebishter are one and are doing, working on the same job. So Hashem makes the world and then we complete creation by turning a physical item into, into Getachkeit. So it's not as spiritual because, because we are accomplishing something much greater than spiritual. And this becomes especially, um, you know, very, very special when you start with, with, with the Vart of Nisrei Mamti, which we're going to talk about. You know, in addition to turning leather into a mitzvah, in addition to turning wool into a mitzvah, in addition to turning wood into a mitzvah by building a sukkah, the Rebbe gets very personal and says, you can actually turn your own self into a mitzvah. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the one frontier that we always thought is out of reach. You know, I, I, I'm hopeless. Let me at least take a piece of wood and make it a sukkah. Give me a piece of leather. I'll make a tefillin. But don't ask me to make myself holy. That's never going to happen. Says the Rebbe in Islam. Mamti, go ahead. But the, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing statement. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... First of all, the Rebbe shows that this is the way Rashi learned the Maimar Azal. Mamti, how was Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, how was he elevated? What happened? What changed? And this is vital proof that Hayyoyma, that day of Mount Teda, lifted, lifted him up and changed his Metzias. There's actually in, in Tafshim Bays, the Friedrich Rabbi's Maimar, Chaviv Adam. There is a beautiful explanation that the Friedrich Rebbe illustrates how the, the contrast of Nefesh Lekis and Nefesh Bahamas, as we know, each, each Nishama, each Nefesh, Nefesh Lekis, Nefesh Bahamas, has Eser Kaychas. They have their 10 faculties. And to, when, when a person learns Torah, so his Eser Kaychas and Nefesh of the Nefesh Lekis is 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 being used so he's tapping into his soulful connection to god and and he's understanding the ideas of taita and he feels that but how does one influence the esser krechus of the nefesh bahamis to be to 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 be to be objective about first of all to be objective bechlal because the, the Friedrich Rebbe explains that seichel logic by the Nefesh Bahamas 
is all for midas. It's all for emotions. It's all an expression for the emotions. Nefesh Bahamas is the animal soul. So the animal soul is subjective. It has its own agendas. So how could the Nefesh Bahamas be objective? So in a certain way, how does one learn Taita and, up, and uplift himself in Yisrael Mamti? So the Friedrich Rebbe explains that there's the Nefesh HaSichlis. And the Nefesh HaSichlis is the intermediary, which is also from Klippas Naiga. It's higher up. The Nefesh Bahamas is lower down. So since Nefesh Lakis, Nefesh HaSichlis is somewhat objective, so he hears the ideas from the Nefesh Lakis, the Nefesh HaSichlis hears it, he gets excited, and the Nefesh Bahamas feels the excitement of Torah from the Nefesh HaSichlis. And that uplifts the Nefesh Bahamas to appreciate Gatlachkeit. So there, so there's a complete Vinisrei Mamti, not only on a not only that a Jew feels his his uh, his nefesh kiss, his spiritual soul, but there is a Vinisrei Mamti even in the nefesh Bahamas, that the nefesh Bahamas becomes excited about the Abishtar, becomes excited about God. Yeah, so in Yiddish, in Yiddishkeit Bechlal, you know, like the famous story of the Alter Rebbe, the Chassid who came with all this tainus, and the Alter Rebbe said to him, "Do trachts alts wegen was do darfs, tabe wegen was man darf dir trachts to garnished." The whole Yiddishkeit, the way the Rebbe lays it out, it none of it is about was do darfst. I mean, ultimately, it fulfills your personal needs, your greatest needs, better than anything else. But that's not the kavana, and the Rebbe and the Rebbe is uh, emphatic about this many times that he means even the highest, most spiritual, most exalted desires of a person, even the fulfillment of that is not the kavana of Yiddishkeit. Well, to fulfill the, the the thirsting of the nisham, even that even kedele ravis tzimaynoi. That's not, it has to be L'Shem Shammai, not L'Shem me. I just heard the Yud Shvat, Tavshin Chav Beis, you know, the year of this week's, of this year's Eisen Basti Lagani. The Rebbe said, Edint Zich, he's serving himself, even if he's the highest level of, of, uh, of uh, service, but he's serving himself to fulfill his deepest, greatest spiritual desires. The Indian is to serve the Abishta. A Jew who can fulfill the Abishta's desire that the world should become a is now, now is fulfilling the purpose for his creation. So before Matantaido, he couldn't do it. It's interesting because the genre of this generation is more about self-expression um, is focused on the, the individuals, if you may, suffering and so on. And what you just mentioned, it really touches upon the way Chassidus, the, the, the perspective of Teir and the perspective of Chassidus on how a person, a person should look about their, uh, on, on how a person should look on their mission and their role in the world. So let's just analyze for a second. What's the difference if you're needed, if you're needed by the Abishter? Or in other words, the Abishter is, is formulating what you're needed for, or, or it's all about you. What, what's, what changes now? Is there, what's the mile in it? It's, it's the ultimate conundrum because chesidus mont avodah mitzich. You know, you got to work with yourself, and you have to work on yourself, and you have to you have to know yourself, and you have to fabrain with yourself. And you, on the other hand, we say, don't think about yourself. Look at yourself. And forget about yourself. So the Rebbe says, 
that the whole reason why Abbas Hashem is, is special is because the Abishter wants it. My, fa- my father said that he, he once met this kid so want, who wanted to become a convert and he says to the kid, but why? Why do you want to? He said, because I don't feel, I don't feel that I'm finding the closeness to God in Judaism and uh, I, want to, I, want to, I want to go to the other faith because there I think I'll be able to get closer to God. So my father says to him, did you ever ask God if he wants you any, any, any closer? And anyway, I heard, I heard the story from him so many times, starting at such a young age. But as you get older, you, you realize that the truth of, such a, of, this, of this question, you want to get closer to the Ebishter, but that's not the kavana of your creation. The Rebbe says in Tanya, before you were created, the Neshama Lamaila was so close to the Ebishter, you wouldn't believe how close he was to the Ebishter. You think you came down here to get close to the Ebishter? came down here for a much, much loftier thing than to get close to him. You came down here to work alongside him. To help him, not to help yourself. So, the, so therefore, Aveda with, your, Aveda with myself can be both very personal and also very much Hashem-oriented. And that's what's so exciting about this, this word, the Mamti, it's, it's almost like a Yid comes to the Ebishter and says, Ebishter, I have good news. Nisrei Mamti. <laughs> not, not only, thank you, God, for giving me meaning in my life. No, no, no. no. Ebishter, I know you put me here for a reason. You gave me an Efshah Bahamis. You gave me, and, and it's not so, and, and it's not so edel. But I have to tell you, I started learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, the Nisrei Mamti. And I thought that you would like to hear that because after all, that's the Kavana. To take your own Efshah Bahamis and your own Grabkite. You know, pick, pick yourself up a little bit. That's Vinisrei Mamti. So it's not the celebration of personal gain. It's a celebration of suddenly we have an ability to do something for the Abishta. We can do something for him. And even doing something for ourselves, we do it for him. Even Vinisrei Mamti, we're doing it for him. Because that's what he wants us. That's what he wants us to do. He gives us a, a nidrik. Uh, it shows you how, how, how lowly you are and how great you, how high you can, you can elevate yourself. But also why you should elevate yourself. For what reason? Why, why should? Why I'm very happy where I am. I heard an amazing word, I got to tell you. I heard an amazing vort. If I'm playing in between friends over here, yeah, we can, we can. Hundred percent. Vort. A guy said, "Say leben mitsheker, obzeimenis mitanemes, umir leben mitemes." Unbelievable. It said, and I'm thinking about this vort, and he said it in the name of the Rebbe Rashab, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you know, we could learn. We should learn a lesson from people with Levin Mitsheker. Because even though the value system is false, but when they say what they want, they mean it. There's no, there's no, they don't sit around crafting over Fabrengens, ich mein ich nicht, I don't mean it, I do mean it, I don't mean it. He means it. You go, you go, let's go to the grubbest level. A person in the world, right? College kid. His, his dream is to, to be successful. That's his dream. That's his goal. That's his objective, to be successful. You think as a Nartzich, you think that he's, he's trying to fool you, he's trying to impress you. He really, really wants to be successful. It's such an easy life. You know what I mean? It's so simple. Yeah. Decide what you want and shoot for it. Chassidim, Yiddishkeit Bechlal, you start talking about an Eibishted and Toyrem, my sister. And guys look at each other like, come on, that, that, this bothers you. This really bothers you. You really, you really care. I want to be a Makushan. You really want to be a Makushan? Where else in the world you have such a lifestyle where you're not even sure that you mean what you're saying. You're not sure that your objectives are really your ob- objectives and you have to sit down with a little bit of mashke and fabreng to make sure that what you want is really what you want. 
in the world, it's not that complicated. Man wants to make a million bucks. He wants to make a million bucks. He's not trying to impress anybody. They let him to check it up. They mean this with that MS. Guy wants to learn through Shas. He wants to learn through Shas. And he's going to do it. Dafadeya, Dafadeya. He's going to learn through Shas. He's going to do it. There's no bluffing. So, so when it comes to these intangibles, like, you know, why? Why? Why can't I just be who I am? Why can't you just leave me alone? Leave me alone. Let me be who I am. No. You have to change. So when you tell, tell, tell a person, you have to change because don't you want to be better? What do you say to a person who says, no, I don't want to be better. I'm very, very happy the way I am. I'm actually quite content. Right. You know? The answer is that even becoming a better person, even by becoming a better person, you're, you're giving the Ebishter what he needs from you. Not only by going and making the world a better place, but by you improving yourself, you are serving, uh, you know, such a deep and lofty desire and a need. And even when Mamti is a selfless act. My grandfather, Avram Winner, was, uh, he was, he was the first, actually, I think he was the first honoree of Holy Taira. He was very passionate of of uh, of of of, of Torah learning in the Chassidish Eifin, and he once went into a Chiddush with the Rebbe, and the Rebbe told him that he should make sure to learn two hours a day, and those hours should be very he should be very committed when he's learning. He was a he was a businessman, and um, but the Rebbe told him it's very important to learn two hours a day. And throw yourself in for those two hours as if the world doesn't exist. I don't remember if it was that those exact words, but there should be a gear. A little bit while later, my my grandmother went into Yechidis, and the Rebbe asked my grandmother, "Is your husband um, listening or or uh, fulfilling what we spoke about to learn two hours a day?" And, and the Rebbe basically explained to her that, you know, make sure. And, and uh, she said, I heard from her the story, she said that he would learn, he would literally had a, a million things going on and his desk was busy with all sorts of uh, businesses. And, but when it came to th- those two hours of learning, he literally stopped everything, dedicated those two hours to completely be absorbed by Gemara, Amasha, Taisus, whatever it was, to mamish, dedicate those two hours. So when I'm, I was thinking, when I was learning the Sicha, and, and the Rebbe speaks about Vinisari Mamti, the Uftu of a Yid in this world, a Jew in this world, and being involved in all sorts of uh, physical things and uh, to, to see a way to to see a way to make a living and to and to be involved in the ilma sheker, but to nevertheless dedicate two hours to push it be absorbed by Torah and by the Abish there, so that changes a person on an incredible level. That to the extent that his whole day is is filled and is living with this nakuda of Vinisre Mamti. Yeah, this Vinitzre Mamti Vart is so powerful. It's so powerful because, because a yid could, could get down, a yid could get could feel down and say, you know, Ebster needs all these mitzvahs, so he sends me down into the into the wild, wild world. I should be Mikhaim all the mitzvahs. Ebster gets what he needs. And uh I'm the carbon pesach. <laughs> you know. The whole idea of, of uh, Kiddush Hashem, the whole idea of Mesidus Nefesh, if it's not understood correctly, is a depressing concept. In other words, me and the Abish that we working together, and I should give myself up for him. Why, why can't he arrange that everybody should be happy? <laughs> I, have to, I have to give myself up for him. I remember it was one of, one of these projects with Sichas, where the Rebbe asked, how is the Ebishter Mekayim? You know, the Ebishter does all the mitzvahs, Mashu Weimer, 
So where do we see that the Ebrister is Mekayim Mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem? Which the question itself is just, I mean, the question itself is um, just such an, an exciting uh, proposal that the Ebrister is Mekayim, the Mitzvah of dying Al Kiddush Hashem. Where do we see it? Wait a minute, you said, Kol who So if the Abishta commands a Yidro again, Al Kiddush Hashem, who's at the Abishta? Where do you see Hashem as equals Al Kiddush Hashem? And the Rebbe answers that has to do with the with the Mehasaita, with the, the Abishta's name is erased in the water. But but the Jew could feel down, you know. I was, I, I, I'm fine. I, you know what? I'll, it's okay. I'll give myself up. I'll set myself aside. But without a gishmak, because you know, at the end of the day, I lose and Hashem gains, and, uh, and that's what big, you know, Mitzvahs Nefesh, Al Kiddush Hashem. It's very dramatic. But but even the modern day Mitzvahs Nefesh, I'll give up a little taino, I'll give up a little taiva. I'll give up this. I'll give up that. But I feel like you know what? I'm losing and Hashem is gaining, and it's okay. It's the shvetz design I and all right, fine. Says the Rebbe, no. This whole Vinisrei Mamti. You're not just you're not just making the world a better place. You know, you make the world, change the world, make the world a better place. And Devayla, you remain what you you know what you are. You you're just a, you're just a servant. Not like that at all. You, you are you become exalted. You become exalted, Vinisrei Mamti. You know, because the Rebbe is asking, what's this? What does Rashi get this idea that when Rebbe Yosef says that uh, that Shavuos changed everything, and uh, and if not for Shavuos, uh, you know, I would just be a, a, an anybody. Where does Rashi? Rashi says, I learned Torah and Nisrei Mamti. Where does Rashi take this from? Nisrei Mamti. Nisrei Mamti is an emotional, uh, 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 spiritual uh, term. The Rebbe says, where does it actually take it from? The Chayrah, Rabbi Yosef is celebrating the fact that when Nebuchadnezzar gave us the Torah, now we can learn the Torah and know what it says in the Torah, and other people and other people don't have that. It's a matter of knowledge. It's a matter of, uh, of you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's what you know. Now you now we know the Torah. And Rashi says, no, 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 it's not that just Rabbi Yosef was celebrating that he has, he has Yediyas HaTorah. Nisrei Mamti. Such a personal, it's such a personal word. It's such a powerfully personal, you know, uh, expression. Mamti. You don't lose anything by 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 being meiser nefesh by by having iskafia by by holding yourself back for the Abishta's sake. You are the biggest winner. Of course, the Ebrister is the biggest winner. But the point of the Sikha is that you and the Ebrister are, are one and the same. The Ebrister is a Bayri and you are perfecting the Bayri And you're also experiences this Vinisre Manti. It's, uh... it's interesting because I think in Samachvav, uh, the Rebbe Rashab, I think it's in Samachvav, the Rebbe Rashab asks, why is it that in this world a person could think that he comes from himself? If everything is created by the Ebishter, so how is it possible that a person could completely negate God? And not only that, not only that he can negate God, he doesn't even feel where he comes from. He, he feels that he comes from himself. Right. He leaves, so it's an example. It's given, a, a, you know, a child, he, he hits a certain age, he leaves, he leaves his parents, he becomes independent, and he thinks for himself, etc., etc., so how, how is it shaykh that the world could feel that it, it came from itself, from itself? That a person can feel, a, a person is a cause and effect, a creation of, 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 a, of a creator. How's it shaykh? So I think it's over there that the Rebbe explained, the Rebbe Rashab explains that because this world is created from atmos, and atmos is the deepest, essential, quintessential part of Hashem, so when the world, when God creates the Abishter, the deepest point creates this world. So this world feels the deepest essence of the Abishter, which the Abishter has no beginning. In other words, how is a shayat, how is a shayat for a person to feel that he comes from himself? He, because Atmos comes from, from, from itself. 
Atmos has no beginning. Atmos is, is it. So therefore, the world, the exp- this world is an expression of Atmos. There was a Timtum, etc. So this world, how did this world come to be? It's an expression of Atmos. What's the expression of Atmos? That a person could think that he comes from himself. So tying back to the, the Vinistre Mamti, the unbelievable Chiddush of Chassidus and what the Rebbe's entire focus, specifically in our generation, is and the beautiful gift that we have in this world to elevate this world. And why? Because this world, like, like we say in Basilagani, he came back to his garden that the Ikeshchina was down here, that the deepest part of Hashem is in this world. Yeah, I think this was in the Basi Lagani Maimur from this year. That the reason why we have a God complex is because we are a shtickle, uh, we are a shtickle, uh, you know, yeah. we are a shtick, we shtick atzmas. But, uh, but we're so confused by it, so we imagine that ani li vani asisini. But it goes back to the same concept that the, that the Rebbe keeps on hammering all, all the sikhas of my mother. You're much, much, much higher than a than a it's taman oivadalikim. It's much more than oivadalikim. You know, as kale uh, oilam. Not that the world is serving the abishter. The abishter and the world and you, it's one thing. It's one thing. It's the whole point of Yiddishkeit. The whole objective is to bring that out. So the idea that you can change the world and, sh- and, and reveal how the world is Kedusha is the biggest proof that you are nothing more than just uh, a, an expression of Atmos. And if it comes out in a healthy way, then it doesn't come out that um, in a negative way, but in a positive way. Let's m- move on to Ischas. Um Yeah. <clears throat> the Rebbe analyzes the Kagarim that the day of Matan Teda influenced. It influenced. What's the influence? Why does Rabbi Yisuf use those Isis? What does it mean? Yeah, that Matan Teda caused in an indirect way this incredible fact that we can make the world holy. What's the indirect way? What's the, what's the grama? The Matan Teira, like we said at the beginning, Matan Teira changed the world to become um, compatible so that when a Jew does a mitzvah, it becomes a chayfet shal mitzvah. In other words, that Hashem prepared everything for us by Matan Teira, through Matan Teira, the objects which have the potential to become Kaddish, Hashem prepared them so that even before the Jew gets there, it's already compatible and eligible to become Kaddish, which it wasn't before. And the same thing is in the opposite that ever said. An object which is forbidden, even even before a Jew activates the unholiness by God forbid, uh, indulging in it, it already is in its very being undesirable. It's an undesirable thing even before a Jew uses it for an Aveda. So Rabbi Yosef is celebrating the fact that the Abishtim through Matan Torah prepared the world for our partnership, for our involvement, for our contribution. Matan Torah didn't do the job for us. Matan Torah was the greatest challenge that we should do this job. And the exciting thing is that Matan Torah prepared the way the world awaits you. The potential mitzvahs are ready for you to turn them into real mitzvahs. The potential Avedis 
they're there. You have the power if you want to go the opposite way. But the Torah changed the Metzius of the physical that it is ready for the Jew's choice. It's ready. There's nothing else that has to happen. The second a Jew takes a, a matzah and uses it for a mitzvah, it, become, it becomes a, 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 a sacred object. Nothing else has to happen because Hashem already laid down the groundwork that that item is one action away from becoming a chayfet shokudusha. So why is this so important? Why is it so important or, or, or in the general scheme of the, of the Sicha, so the Rebbe is in, in a way explaining that there's another layer, there's another layer here that Ma'antayda accomplished that wasn't there before. Yeah. The Rebbe, the Rebbe says that this, this whole reality had a very real impact on Avram Avinu, who decided not to do Brismila until Hashem told him to. Even though he did all the rest of the mitzvahs, but he held back from doing Brismila because Avram understood that the whole concept of brismila is to rid oneself of a very undesirable clipper called arla. But before Hashem tells a person to do a mitzvah, before Hashem makes it his mitzvah, that physical element, which later would become known as an arla and such, a, a, such an unhealthy and unholy thing, before Hashem makes it into a mitzvah, there is nothing unholy about it. There's nothing inherently undesirable about it. And if Avram would have gone ahead and done the bris voluntarily, so he, he would not have been able to go back and do a, do a, a bris again when it became a mitzvah, even though the Rebbe says in the Ha'ad number 29 that he could have gone back and done hatafas bris, hatafas right. bris. Right. The Rebbe says, no, Avram didn't want to. Avram wanted to wait until it would become a mitzvah because when it becomes a mitzvah, that's when the orla becomes something that a Jew should get rid of. Not before. And this is even before Matan Torah. The one exception that the Ebishter commanded Avram to do a mitzvah was bris milah. And even then, even before Matan Torah, Avram Avinu already understood that if the Ebishter will command him to do it, then he will be able to change a physical item, a physical object, into a chayfet shal kedusha, which it became. The Haraya Avram used it for a shvua. Right. In other words, um, the only way to accomplish what Matan Teira has to accomplish, the Ebishter has to first infuse a certain change in the gashmistic thing, in the physical, in order for it to be ready and prepared to lift it up. One is contingent on the other. So the kagarim is that the chayfet shal mitzvah has to first be prepared by the ebishter in order for somebody to then utilize that and uplift it without Without the preparation from the Abishtar, there would be no way for a person to be able to uplift the, the, the Dovagashmi. Right. A good marshal for all of this is what, what the Rebbe speaks about elsewhere about Lashon HaKadosh. Talk about Tanya. The difference between the name of an, of a, of an object in English or in, or in Spanish or Russian or whatever language and the name of the item in Lashon Kodesh. 
the name of the object in Lashon Kodesh. The, the fact that we call a stone a stone does not imply any sort of relationship between the letters S-T-O-N-E and stones. Stones probably have no concept that there's even an ABCs and that then that those five letters are, are connected. It's like funny, you hear the advertisements on the radio, you name a star after a loved one, you know, that for only $59.99, they will name a star after a loved one. It's so crack up funny because first of all, they had to Dafka choose the one thing about which, about which the Torah says, right? The David gave a name for every star. It doesn't say that about every blade of grass. Right. Dafka, they chose the one thing where every star already has a name. Okay, whatever. But even beyond that, we will name a star after you, after a loved one for 59. Does the star have any idea that this is going on? I mean, I mean, a guy is sitting in an office in Baltimore naming stars. The star doesn't know. Your name is Gerald and your name is Harry. What does the star know? It's no connection. So you take, you take an English word, a random word. You take the word uh, uh, stone and you decide that that's going to be the word for stones. It's no connection. And the same thing is in all languages. There's no connection. There's no real uh, vibrant connection between the object and the name. And they don't, and, and the truth is that the linguists don't care. It's not important. Because the point is that it should be useful. Everyone should agree what we're going to call this item. Okay? Everyone agrees we're going to call it a stone. Does the stone know that that's its name? Well, it's a ridiculous, a ridiculous question. Shaykh comes to Lashin Kaidesh. The name of the object is the identification of the object. It, it is the I. It is the, uh, what do you call it? The DNA of the object. So there's a real live connection between the object and its name. Same thing, a person, a person decides that they're going to take an object and they're going to do a mitzvah. Okay, before Ma'an Taylor. So, so you took an object and you did a mitzvah. What's the connection between the object and the mitzvah? There's no connection. What it says that Yaakov used to put on filling with sticks, right? And then throw the sticks out. There's no connection with the object that, with which you did the mitzvah and the mitzvah itself. The object was just a, a useful thing at that moment, but then no connection is created. The connection, Meloshin Tzavsevachibor, is once it becomes a mitzvah. Once, the, once it becomes a mitzvah, the object is not incidental. The object is not like, you know, you look around the world, scan the world, let me see which object in the world could I use to do this mitzvah. No. The object is already related to that mitzvah. That is, the, that is the DNA of the object, this mitzvah. So when you take the, the object and perform the mitzvah with the object, you're not truly uh, connecting things that are not connected. You're connecting something which is intrinsically, realistically connected already, and you are the one who is activating the connection. So it's not just that, you know, like, like a person decides, I'm going to take an orange and I'm going to make it a symbol on the, on the Pesach Seder. I'm going to make it a symbol for women's rights. Let me talk, you know, like the famous, uh, famous idea. So what, what's, what's, what's the shlech? What's the problem? So besides the union of the Chodesh the matzah and the moror, which are munachim lefonecha, the matzah and the moror, these, these objects, these objects are related in their soul to the mitzvah of matzah and the mitzvah of moror. Not random objects that were chosen as symbols to represent a certain concept or a certain value. This is the, this is the physical expression of this value. This is it. Mashenkin, you take an orange, you decide to make it into a symbol. The orange doesn't know that it's a symbol for anything. The orange doesn't know what you're talking about or what the value is that you assign to it. It doesn't care. It's nothing to do with you. The Abishnah prepared the world that all objects that can be a mitzvah are ready and prepared and willing to become a mitzvah. You just have to make, be the one to make it happen. But the connection is already there. 
like the Rebbe says about Moshe Rabbeinu and Gat Tetzaveh, the Debushta says, Atta Tetzaveh has been a stole. You command the Yidden, says the Rebbe, it's a matter of commanding. You know, commanding is such a cold concept. Hashem commands us, we obey, it's true. But the Rebbe says there that Atta Tetzaveh is not the Pshat Moshe Rabbeinu shouts orders at the Yidden. Atta Tetzaveh means you connect the Yidden. Your job to connect them with the neshama. So when I say that Hashem at Matan Torah turned ideas into mitzvahs, not just that now we were commanded, but that now we were connected, and everything is connected. Our choice is whether to to behave in that direction or not. And when we do, we activate the change in the world. Yeah. So after we went through a big part of this sikha, if you would be able to just share as we close, what would be something, first of all, maybe something that the Rebbe was mechadish in the sikha, something unique about this sikha that obviously we, we have studied a lot of this, of these concepts elsewhere. So what's, what do you see in the Lushen of, of, of the Rebbe? What, what's sort of a, a personal takeaway that you would take away from this sikha? Jewish people have to know what exactly it is that is so special about being Jewish. This Maimer Chazal of Rabbi Yosef is basically a flagship Maimer Chazal all about how wonderful it is to be a Jew. If not for today, we would just be your average Joe, which maybe that's where the expression average Joe comes from. Kama Yosef, yeah, yeah. You would just be your you know, ordinary Joe. That's not true. And then, and without the sicha, the Gemara stands on its own two feet. It's not right. a problem. Rabbi Yosef is celebrating the unique virtue and joy of being a Jew. And I don't think that anybody struggles to understand the Gemara. It's very simple, very straightforward. It's great to be a Jew. The Rebbe, by taking it apart and putting it back together, asks, a very simple but very painful question. What exactly are you excited about? It's, it's all good and fine to say, oh, I'm proud to be a Jew, I'm excited to be a Jew, we have such a wonderful way of life. You know that the many people in the world would, would, uh, would dispute that. You know, a lot of people in the world would say that they have a better way of life, they have a much more enjoyable way of life. And a lot of Yidin themselves don't understand what it is that's so special about our way of life, except that it's a lot of restrictions and a lot of burdens so it's very nice that a frum yid in the frum environment with the frum, with the frum surroundings, with the frum affects and the frum vibes feels very special. But is that really what's so special about being a Jew? That it feels so good? You know, that it's such a gishmak to be a Jew? That's not what Rabbi Yosef was saying. And, and that can't be what Rabbi Yosef was saying because it's not always that gishmak. So the Rebbe is asking a very probing question, a question that a, a Yid really has to ask themselves when all, when all of the uh, noise is all said and done, what exactly are we excited about? And what can we tell our children, whether our biological children or people that uh, want to learn? What can we tell them honestly is so special about being Jewish? And obviously, we should be able to find it in this Maimar Chazal. So the Rebbe takes the, the Maimar Chazal apart, puts it back together, and it comes to the conclusion that every Jew, man, woman, child, every Jew, because of Matan Torah, became a partner with God in creation. Whether, whether, it's, whether it's an easy mitzvah, if it's a hard mitzvah, whether it's challenging times or good times, it's not, that's not the point. The point is that when a yid does a mitzvah, when a yid learns Torah, when a yid acts like a Jew, he is not enjoying the, the, the most meaningful way of life. That's not what it is. He is literally partnering with Hashem in the creation of the universe. He's changing the world. And not in a, 
in a dramatic here today, gone tomorrow, fireworks kind of way. But changing the world from the inside out and changing it from being a, uh, a concealment of a creator to being the greatest statement about the creator. And all of this is accomplished by the Jewish uh, choices that we make in our life. That is the big message, the big message here, which is not an easy message. You know, it's not a, it's not a feel good message necessarily. Not a feel good message necessarily, because it's the end of the day. It's not about you. That's the, the message really is that every Jew, every person I say to themselves, it's not about you. And by the way, interesting that the Rebbe says that the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noyach after Matan Teira also yeah. Yeah. changed. Change. Yeah. So the truth is the Goyim will have this responsibility too. Yeah. To dig deep inside and realize it's not about you. And once it becomes not about you, the biggest liberation. Yeah. So thank you, Rabbi Eli, for your time. And it was a mamish, a beautiful fabrengen as we discussed the sicha, analyze the sicha, fabrengd about the sicha, and the mir tzeshem to many more. L'chaim. L'chaim. Shukayach Rav Yosef. Thanks.